Hello and welcome into another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connected with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. We finally have games to talk about. Match day one is in the books. I'm Alex Dono alongside, as always, Jerry Mancini. Jerry is repping Lazio. Uh, this is not officially Inter gear, but I'm wearing black and blue. You can see uh, an old school Umbro Inter jersey from the late 1990s hanging behind me. Jerry, uh, how are you? And I know, I know that um, your 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 heart is has been heavy with something. And I know this doesn't tie directly to the Calcio community, but uh, you are very much a hockey fan living up there north of the border. And there's there's a, a big sad story that's been sweeping the sports world this week. Yeah, it's Ben Stelter, who is six years old and uh, lives in Alberta, and he died of uh, cancer. I believe he had a tumor. But it, it was it's sad because it really hit me the last couple of days. Like the past week, it's, I've really thought about it, but I don't really tweet about that stuff because, like, it's a really it's a sensitive topic, and I and I know that the family's been very open about it online. But like, when you see a parent lose a six year old, um, it 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 it's, it, it's devastating because awesome. like you don't want to see any family go through that that kind of uh experience um so I, our condolences to the family and, and 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 it hits me because like me being my like myself it's funny because like i guess you can say this is a a jerry story slash like not really funny one but like my grandmother would always tell me since i was growing up like she's like you know that you're a, you're lucky to be alive and she tells me all the time and i'm like what do you mean like you should have been dead when you were born. Like yeah. why? Like you were in an incubator for three months, and I stayed by Ooh. you. And, and, and she's like, I stayed by you for three months. And like, Man. so like for myself growing up, I was fortunate that nothing happened to me, and that I kind of survived whatever. It, it, I had breathing problems when I was when I was growing up. So like, it, it, it's so my parents are fortunate that nothing ever happened to me, and and then. I'm also lucky to have a father where he was in a car accident and his car blew up at a gas station and oh my God. his skin is like 95% fake. So you would see like, it's kind of wrinkly and like, I've, I've gone through like some, some tough experiences in my life. So for what the, f I could have been without a father all my life and my parents could have been without me all my, all their life. So, so it's like, I see what, the, the Stelter family is going through and it's really sad. And like, I know they're not going to listen to this. And, and, and I, and I hope that parents don't have to always ever have to go through this experience because like, I, I don't have a kid, but you yourself having a kid, it, it's, it's devastating. And I, and I hope that the family pulls through yeah, and that they hang in there. Like it's, it's sad. And I, and that's all I wanted to say really. Um, yeah. I know this is a Kelcho pod but sometimes i just like to remind that there are more important things in life and that we sometimes forget that sports takes over our life and it's not the biggest thing that's very important there are other things that happen and and, and kind of reminds us of what's really important our family our friends the ones we love um just really opening our minds so yeah uh, no, that's that's well said. And as you mentioned, uh, I'm a parent of a four year old boy who 
I thank the Lord every day. He's he's healthy. I mean, he's 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 hyperactive. He uh, he he makes he challenges me as a parent every single day. But he is he's a healthy kid, which is just the most important thing in the world. And I I can't imagine what it would be like to go through what that little boy's family is going through. So prayers prayers to them and you know prayers to everyone who who now feels like that young man was a part of their lives because he you know he caught fame and I, I think I'm I, I'm I'm glad that sports and the Oilers were able to make him a little bit happy with everything that he was going through. So welcome in everyone. I see our guy Cartel is in the live chat and guys make sure if you're here if you're watching us live partake in the live chat my friends we have a lot of fun in here and make sure you hit the thumbs up button the like button on this video. First match day in the books Jerry uh, about as routine as you can possibly get for a first city on match day, all of the, you know, contending teams, whether it be contending for Scudetto or contending for European spots, uh, they took care of business and they got their three points. The style points were not the same for all of the winners, but the defending champs, Milan got their four to two victory at home against Udinese. Uh, these are the Saturday results first Atalanta got a, a two nil. didn't really look great, but got a two nil against Samp. Uh, Inter at the death, got a 2-1 on the road against Lecce. Let's go to Sunday's games. Uh, Lazio, Jerry's Lazio. A little bit of a scare down to 10, but then uh, Bologna went down to 10 men as well. Lazio get the 2-1 victory, and King Chido scored his first goal of the season there. And uh, you had a couple of contending teams win on Monday as well, with Napoli getting the 5-2 against Elas Verona. And Juventus looking really good, I must say, uh, with Di Maria opening up uh, his account at Juventus in his first match for the Bianconeri. They got the 3-0 win at home against Sassuolo. So we didn't have any shocking results, Jerry. I mean, we nearly had one on Saturday with my Inter, and maybe we'll start there, then we'll talk a little bit about Lazio. Um, my most important takeaway always is get the three points. It's like our friends at the city, I sit down, Frank and Richard always say, it's about three points, not about style points. And Inter did get uh, their three points. There was uh, obviously some very good, some very bad in that match. It was great to see Romelu Lukaku uh, back scoring for Inter. He got the opening goal less than 90 seconds into the match, which certainly got me excited and it had me thinking we're on our way to a track meet, right? You score 90 seconds in against Lecce, and it was actually three years ago, Lukaku's first match at Inter was against Lecce, and Inter, I think, had a 4-0 win in that one. I thought we're headed, I think that one was in Milano, though, this one on the road. I thought, oh, we're headed to another like 4-0, 5-0 type of track meet. Uh, you know, Lecce did get an equalizer in the early minutes of the second half, and then they they defended with their lives, and they were literally seconds away from coming away with the point. There were some things refereeing I wasn't thrilled about. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying this is a conspiracy. I think bad refereeing happens everywhere in football, but I, I thought Lecce could have had a man sent off in the first half on a foul against Lautaro. And I also thought uh, Ed Injeko should have earned himself a penalty kick in the second half that was not given. But at the death, Jerry, there were four minutes of added time in the 94th minute. Denzel Dumfries scored off of a playable part of his body. It wasn't an arm. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a thigh, if it was the midsection, if it was the groin. Dumfries scored off of something, a very clutch goal. And so my biggest positive takeaway, Jerry, with Inter was – I thought they showed great mentality. 
Um, just watching the match, I had given up on three points. You know, in those closing minutes, I thought, oh, this is just going to ruin my week. Inter start off with a draw and a match they should have won because they created so much, so many more chances than Lecce did. So I was happy with the mentality. Um, I thought it was pretty neat the way that the Inter players celebrated on the pitch afterwards. I know some rival fans were like, oh, why are these guys acting like a 2-1 victor over Lecce is a big deal. I think when you win it like that, the way that they did, it is a big deal. And those three points could go a long way later in the season. So I enjoyed the mentality. At the same time, Jerry, uh, on the negative side, uh, the they were they were sloppy. Uh, the, the attack looks far from a finished product. I think that Lukaku and Lautaro are still trying to sort of re-figure out and rediscover the magic that they had two seasons ago. Uh, <laughs> Jerry, are you a white hat? Well, welcome into... Figo, Lord Figo is in it. Yeah, Figo, enter, enter our tide for first. So the Scudetto hunt is on. Uh, welcome in, Figo. So, you know, Jerry, what, what were your big takeaways from Lecce Inter, where Inter were able to snatch three points when we nearly thought they were dropping a pair? I was fine till Lord Figo decides to drop a line out of nowhere. And throws Love a, that dude. Throws a single there. Um, I was really amazed that they started off really well. You get a goal in the second minute, and you think Inter is going to be gone up and running in this Track game. Track me, and, I thought. And then all of a sudden, it just became a very rugged match. And um, when you, you look at Simone Inzaghi and how sweaty he was, that is a description. It just came to my mind right now. That just showed how hot it was playing there. Like at two, they have to boot this game to two forty-five, which is uh, eight forty-five at night, and like eight, eight, I think eight forty-five. Yeah, eight forty-five. Yeah, eight forty-five. So like pushing that game late, and apparently I I heard on the Italian uh, the Italian podcast of uh, Nima, um, he said it, like the, 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 it's really hot where they were playing in Lecce, so. Mm-hmm. That is a factor as the game wore on. You can well, also also the, the the pitch. I'm just the throwing this terrible. out there. The, the pitch terrible. was awful, awful. So so I don't think that this whole game allowed to see how how Inter is going to be this season. I think there was a lot of factors that affected both sides and kind of helped Lecce because they had a, they had a crowd. Inter's buses broke down and the fans couldn't get there. Apparently, I saw right. that on Twitter. Um, yeah. Right. There was just a lot of things that building up, but I thought that Inzaghi really managed this game very differently for the first time I've noticed where he went to a three, four, three, and he kind of shifted his formation a lot. And he wasn't scared to take a chance in the first game of the season to get the win. Like he brought on four attackers and what, what I'll, 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 I'll give you the negative of what I thought in this game. Okay, the negative is that DeMarco cannot play defense. Mm, he's no. not a fullback. I'm sorry. No. He's, he's but, a good. He's a good crosser. Good free kick taker. Decent. Decent coming forward. But yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's not he's not a center back. He's not a center back. I'm sorry. But when he shifted to wing back, I thought that he was very effective there and was able to kind of. Uh, get in behind the defense and be more creative and attacking wise. And I think that if he plays as a wing back, he'll have support from the center backs to help him defensively. Right. Um, I thought Lukaku had a really good game. 
I don't think he was bad. He looked really confident. Dumfries was really he good a, off the bench. He was he was the man. I mean, not just because he scored the winner. I thought he was the man of the match. I, I thought he 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 looked dangerous throughout. Yeah, he came off the bench and he really kind of gave something different that they were missing from their wing backs. Um, I think Gosens needs time. Yeah, I'm not gonna judge him. I think the injury has really slowed him down, and he's not the same player he was a year ago. I think he's gonna need some time. But um, yeah, overall, like I thought that Mkhitaryan was good too in his in his uh, cameo there and, and coming. And I, I, I think he, I think he's I think he's hurt now. I think he's Is gonna he miss really? some time. Yeah, I, I think oh, I saw that that he's gonna miss some time now. Like oh wow, I thought Mkhitaryan. I thought Hakon was not bad, and and Barella looked really engaged. Uh, missed a few chances, and you got Brozovic. I think the three were were. Gave balance in the midfield. Um, the challenge on Lataro. Yeah. By the way, I just I just want to add to that. Uh, Mikatarian, he's out for two to three weeks with a thigh strain. Uh, he's hoping to be back in time for the Milan derby. So he's he's going to miss not months, but he's going to miss a couple few weeks. Well, that's beneficial for Lazio, but not for Inter next yeah. week. But um, yeah. but yeah, overall, I thought I just thought that Nzaki actually managed the game okay he 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 didn't sit back and make his same mistakes and wait till the last minute i thought that he was kind of proactive in this game and and made the changes when he had to um i'll i'll say this i didn't see much from korea i'm, I'm not saying that because he's nobody not did <laughs> i didn't i didn't nobody think did. Did. i i didn't think i think he was the least ineffective player for the team um yeah I'm surprised that he still hasn't been able to like just give something since the Verona game of last year. But um, yeah, as as for Lecce, you know what? My man of the match, and it's not going to go to anybody on Inter. My Mm -hmm. man of the match is going to go to Falcone. Falcone was a beast for Lecce. He made at least five or six unbelievable saves. I mean, like, he kept Lecce in the game. He looked confident. Yeah, for sure. And he was good at Sampdoria last year, and I don't know why they got rid of him. Um, but uh, he gave some stability. And, and and that goal that they scored in the second half off the counterattack was amazing. Like, that, there was a moment of, of Inter breaking down in the, in the defense. And I have a question for you now. Are you are you concerned about the defense? Not just because of that, the way the goal was given up. I I'm looking at your lineup right now, okay? And I don't know Inter inside out like I did last year for you, because mm-hmm. I've decided to just focus on Lazio and not have to be the the Inter guy anymore because I just can't handle it. <laughs> You're tired but, of being called an Inter fan. Fucking hate it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I know. I hate it. Um, you got Demarco and Devry and Screenyard who started, okay, in the back three. And you got Bastoni, who's the first choice to come off. Yeah. Who else do you call on? Well, yeah, and, and that's why uh, they're they're trying to fill another spot there. Um, the Holy the guy that they are crap. looking at is um, I. You, you may know more about this player than me because I know you watch more Bundesliga than I do. But 
Um, now that they've they've got a little bit of money after selling Casa Day, and I do want to talk about that because I I'm you know I'm a little bit annoyed that they're having to to sell another young talent at 19 years old. Who you know this could be another Zaniolo situation, but uh, Manuel Acanyi is uh, is a Borussia Dortmund defender that uh, that Inter are more than likely going to to sign to reinforce the defense a little bit more. Uh, but listen, there's. Um, when when their top three choice center backs are healthy, it's among the best defenses in Italy still. No um, doubt. I believe, no doubt, right? But no you doubt. know, absolutely. When, when you have a healthy Bastoni, who you know, I know, you know, recent international breaks, he's not looked so great with the Azzurri, but with the Net Azzurri, he's been fantastic. Uh, Skriniar has been fantastic, and no, I don't think he's going to be sold on deadline day. We'll see. I know that there's still a little bit of buzz coming from the PSG side, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he is staying. Um, and De Vrij is he's on the decline, but he's still very good, and that, that trio is excellent, but um, you don't have great replacements, right? I mean, you can you know, you can bring in uh, you can bring in someone even like, you know, you've got wing backs like Di Marco, and, and Darmian, who are capable of playing center back and D'Ambrosio, but you definitely lose a big something defensively when you have to deputize these guys as center backs. They're really, they're really wing backs or they're really backups by nature. So they just need another because, listen, I, I know Ranocchia was the butt of a lot of jokes for like the last seven years, like going back to the banter era. He did great last year whenever he was called upon to play the last couple of seasons. Didn't play a whole lot, but when he was called in for spot starts, he always did his job. And the guy is gigantic, so winning aerial battles, very good defending offensively and defensively on set pieces, Ranocchia, because he was like, I don't know what he was, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", something like that, just a gigantic human being, you know, was able to, to clear opposing corner kicks and free kicks and was able to score some goals on the offensive end on set pieces. So, you know, it's, you know, squad player that, that Inter are missing. So they still need more at center back. It's, they don't have a lot of depth there, Jerry. And that depth is going to be tested, right? When you have players like Bastoni and Devray who have had some injury struggles the last couple of years, Milan Skriniar has been a tank, thank goodness. And you're playing in three competitions, including Champions League, which is going to be grueling. They don't have a whole lot of depth. What happened to D'Ambrosio? Um, I, I believe so. Let me, let me, uh, cause I, I was watching him in preseason. I forgot you got, you have him. I, he, he would be ahead of DeMarco for me. <laughs> no, nah, he's not. Uh, I, I, he, I think he's, he, he's just, a, he he's, he's a little bit on the decline. Yeah, but he gives you. The okay. Defensive. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's not fit right now. He's, uh, he, I just he, think should, he's he more... should be, he should be fit for Spezia this coming weekend. I just find that D'Ambrosio is more defensively sound. He's more of a natural fullback. You know what I mean? Like right. more of our, our center fullback. We want to call a center left back or the hike, we want to call it. But um, yeah. Um, and, and and I see this point here. Inter selling two of their Primavera players for 40 million is crazy. Something Lazio can never do. Um, Lazio is in Primavera due. So there That's is right. no chance. There is no chance yeah. because yeah. you're in a second lower division that – We've never Lazio's never been good on the Primavera side. Like I don't, I don't remember the last time we've been able to. I think we have one player right now in the system who's with the first team from our Primavera, and like it's very rare. Thomas Rakosha and mm. Danilo Cotaldi came from our Primavera, and like that's that's what tells you everything. Okay, 
of how the bar is for us. And we've always been successful finding guys like Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, um, Chiro Immobile, to Kolos, who came and did a very good job late in his career, to you keep going, and, and the line keeps going. But my, my, my concern is, look at the situation that Inter is in right now. They need to make money, okay? Mm-hmm. Can selling your best players in the Primavera hurt you in the long term? That's yes. that's the question now. I mean, like, look, look at Zaniolo. I mean, they 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 swapped Zaniolo and a couple of other players, including Santon, who was a bum, so I didn't mind giving him up and cash to bring in Nangolan from Roma like four years ago, which was one of the worst moves. Ever and listen, I don't care that Zaniolo is hurt all the time. He's still very young and has a ton of potential, and he looks great if he can only find a way to stay healthy. And you know they sell that guy for a chain smoker who gives you like a handful of goals and virtually nothing for a couple of years. And and I and I don't like this Casadei thing either because this guy has been bossing the Primavera. And okay, so you can look at it because a lot of times Jerry, when you sell. Youth players, Primavera guys, a lot of times you're like making these kind of deals within Serie A where you're like sending him to a team like like what they've done with Pinamonti for so many years Inter, what they did with him for so many years where it's like you send him to like a Genoa at an inflated fee to kind of cook the books and then you have a buyback. But in this case, you sell Casadei to Chelsea for 15 million plus five in add-ons. Uh, and they need the money. That's why they made the move. But there's no buyback. And so are, so you telling me that Kazade is good enough to be part of the senior squad at Chelsea and he's not good enough to be part of the senior squad at Inter? Obviously, they're just doing this for the money because I, I think this guy could have helped and he would have been a first teamer if they didn't sell him. But I think that they just decided and maybe they're right. Hey, we'd rather sell the unknown commodity than have to sell. Dumfries or Scriniar right now because we need Dumfries and Scriniar to try to contend for Serie A this season. But to answer your point, Jerry, in the long run, it absolutely hurts. The same way that you know selling uh, selling Zaniolo in the long run absolutely hurts, especially for the awful deal that they made for Nangolan. And I, I think selling Casade is going to hurt as well. Uh, you know, at least you didn't like sell him to Juventus or something. Like at least he's not going to hurt you in Serie A but we always hate for players like this to leave Serie A in the first place. But yeah, this is a guy that could have been useful to you for the next six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And you know, you're, you're mortgaging your short, your long-term future for the short-term future. So I hope it pays off. I was seeing this yesterday and I had a response. It was, it was a friendly conversation. I said that another problem, okay, is that Inter doesn't play this guy. And this is, yeah. I, I know, I know that, it's an Italy thing, and like a lot of these guys don't play their younger players. I don't look at A, B, and C. I look at Simone Inzaghi. That's my focus. This guy had Pedro Neto. Pedro Neto was supposed to be a very skilled player. Didn't fucking play him. Played him in the 90s. I remember he did once. He put him on three minutes left in the game. Jeez. This guy's a baller now for Wolves in the EPL. Mm. He's turned out to be a good player. Inzaghi has good young players at Inter. And and it's frustrating to see that this guy still can't give... Like, you saw the comic there. That it basically Inter is selling two other Primavera players for $40 million is crazy. If they're that 
expensive. Why aren't they playing these guys? Like, right. you have good young players. It, especially them. especially this one, because, like, we're not talking about sending this guy to Genoa. Like, you're sending him to Chelsea. Yeah. So he, he's good enough to play at exactly. Chelsea. He's not good enough to play here. I, I, I highly doubt that. Chelsea's another one because they throw their fucking academy players to the ground. And it's another frustration because I follow that team as well. But, like, stay on the course of Italy. I don't care about Chelsea right now. Um, right. I, 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 it's, 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 this is the one thing with Simone and Zaghi that I just could never understand. Raw model, model, okay, he's not really as good as I thought he would be, but he never got a chance under Nzagi. Um, I think these players need to, like, you, you need to give young players a chance. Look at Sorry, okay? He put Cancellieri in. Game is 2-1 on Sunday. He put Cancellieri in with 10 minutes left. A 19-year-old into the game, he gave him a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry you said it already. We were too old last year. Yeah. This year, we didn't go with the big bang, buy a player. We wanted some experience, but we also wanted to get younger so we were quicker and we can adapt for the future. Um. I don't know if, if Inter's in that direction right now. They're getting younger because they got a lot of aging players. Yeah, and a guy sure. like Cassidy can can come in and help towards the next five years. You know what I mean? Like Inter yeah. has to think too. You got Mkhitaryan in his 30s. You got Hakan. He's already banged up. Yeah. yeah. Hakan, Hakan is getting older. Going there. He's getting older. Yeah. Um, Brozovic is about to get 30. Yep. Jekyll's already in a retirement. He's home. already like 35, 36. I think he's going to turn 36 like, during the season. Let's be the He's gone. He's gone next summer. Yeah. He's like 32, 33. Yeah. Like you really have to give this. You have to like, yeah, DeMarco. Okay. But DeMarco had a fair chance at his well, previous clubs too. You right. See and, and it's because, it, and, and I think what, what cartel's hitting on the answer there is um, there. Like in and it's not just Inzaghi; it's a lot of Italian managers. But like they will give a player who's younger an opportunity if he's already proven something at other Serie A clubs. Like they're very, very scared to give a chance to someone with Primavera experience and not Serie A experience. Like they're they're very scared to take that leap of faith. Like they discarded, but you know when they sent Zaniolo to Roma, he had virtually I think zero Serie A experience. Like they were willing to discard him. Same thing with Kazadeh, willing to discard him, no Serie A experience. So that, I think that's the difference. Like they they will take young players, and you know Dimarco was Inter owned, but he had been off on loan all those other places. Like they, they, they'll take in young guys as long as they played in Serie A, but if they haven't, they're willing to just cast them off, no question. Okay, so here you got forty million, but you're not going to see that forty million either. That's the worst part. So you got all this money because yeah. your team's in debt. So you're not really benefiting by selling your best player. It's just trying to get you back to the money you lost to help you break even, so you can go into the next window and not have been on, on a on a loss. Like I'm not a financial accountant with the whole city. Uh, I just know that they need to make sales mm-hmm. because yeah. of the situation that Sooning in is. So there's another problem with Sooning is that you're selling players and you would rather sell these players for a profit. So they can help you in the next window with that money. It, it doesn't seem like that's the situation. It seems like you're you're forced to sell players for the sake of of the issues that they're in, and you don't want oh, yeah, to. For sure. 
I would rather sell a, a Primavera player for forty million and and know that I can use that money for the next window. Yeah. That's not essentially what is happening in Inter, as I can tell here. But like, so it, and it's really like it's not really Inzaghi's fault because I mean if if like Inzaghi may be more than happy to use someone like this. It's not really his decision to sell him. He did get some time no. in the preseason, so it's not really it's not really his decision. Don't ever look at preseason, man. Don't ever look at preseason. That's all I could say. Yeah, no, I know. Inter yeah. shit the bed in preseason, and they yeah, they had a bad out. preseason. Yeah, and they, they still did. won on Sun, and they still won Saturday. Juventus had a bad preseason. Everyone freaked out. Mm-hmm. Came out, looked pretty good on Monday. Yeah, I don't, true. I don't, I'm true. telling you, preseason bullshit, man. I don't ever look at preseason like it, it, unless Cassidy was was a consistent starter. Like our starting lineup on Sunday for Lazio was the lineup that Saudi was kind of... Well, and and let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Lazio's win, Jerry. That'll be the last thing we hit on before we let everybody enjoy their evening. Yeah, it, it was um, it was a very weird up-and-down game, let's just yeah. say. I, I, you, I, you, I always... you go down a man in the uh, the sixth minute, that's not exactly the yeah. way that uh, Saudi drew it up. I, I, I There's Pazza Inter, and I'm convinced there's Pazza Lazio yeah. because... Uh, Lazio is, is similar to Inter, where they like to make it harder on themselves when they shouldn't have to. That's that's just the way I, I've kind of summed it up. Um, yeah, you know what, Maximiano, big mistake coming off his line, grabbing the ball outside the box. There's no dispute. I don't know what he's arguing about. He knows he's. In, I think he's more arguing that he's mad at himself because of the mistake he made, and he knows that he screwed up, but. What player isn't gonna like defend and, and kind of like go against it? But like, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a goalkeeper do a mistake like that. Um, I'm, I'm uh, at the moment. Yes, it could have been worse if they lost. But oh, for sure, or even tied. I mean, yeah, you yeah th- three points or three points. But you know what? I think the biggest takeaway from the game is the fact that Lazio. I've seen it. It's just the beginning, so I don't want to make a big thing out of it because it, it can drop, it can backfire quickly. But I wrote a piece on this game actually for Get Italian Football News, and one of my takeaways was that, and sorry, actually commented about it in the actual press conference, is that the ability for Lazio to not sulk, sink very low, and lose momentum and morale, mm-hmm. even when they went down one nothing, and and. At halftime, they were trailing. They really stepped up their game in the second half. Um, Sumato, yeah, they did. Some Sumato, uh, the defender sent off, uh, also kind of helped Lazio to even the game at 10 10. And now he should have got a straight red, just like with uh, how Latar Martinez was uh, kind of uh, tackled in his game. Same happened with this guy and Chino Immobile. Actually, when he gets the red card, if you watch a replay, he goes in his face and says, "Go home." He's like, "Is this is what you do at home? Not here. Like this is not how you play football." And he was pretty reckless. And um, you know what? Second half, they came out. They were even when they were down a guy, they were they were attacking, creating chances for sure. Um, Sorry, elected to go with a very offensive squad. He took out Basic. And uh, and in the second half, the first guy he took off was Cataldi, and he brings on Luis Alberto. And I think that that speaks a lot for two reasons. One, because there is no issues between Sari and, and Alberto. 
and he's been nursing with an injury, and that's that's the reason why he didn't start the game. And more importantly is that to be the first choice shows the trust that Sari has in him. And he elected to go to an offensive-minded squad, and I think that just speaks that maybe Sari's trying to be a little bit fair with his players and giving them a little leeway, a little freedom. Um, so overall, Chido Immobile delivers the game winner. Mm-hmm. As he usually minute. does. Like, time and time again, this guy, I've seen on, 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 on Twitter uh, yesterday that uh, he gets uh, gets brownie points, basically, like freebies. And it's like, no, he didn't score from the spot. He scored yeah. by making a good run and a brilliant pass from Savage. Like Absolutely. I, the two, time and time again, just like linking up and, and being Lazio's saviors. Um, and then the first goal was, was a, a little bit of a luck. You had Lazio who crosses it in, ricochets off the Sylvestity, and sometimes you need a bounce to go your way. So, and the the other takeaway I took, two other takeaways I took from the game was Lazio can play fullback. He can play as a right back. Like, that was another thing I sorry touched upon was that he said that he, when he arrived, he thought that he couldn't play as a right back. Yeah. That just, just couldn't yeah. do it. He's only a wing back. And he said, as the season progressed, he started to believe more in himself that he can do it. And now he's gotten to the point now where he's confident he can be a right back and, and, and contribute to this team and be effective. And he was the best player probably on the pitch on Sunday. And basically the last thing is Alessio Romagnoli. You guys can, everyone can say whatever he wants. His leadership is undoubtedly so valuable to that back line because what I noticed from him throughout the game was that he was communicating with the back line. He was telling them where to go, where to be. And I never saw that with a Cherby. I think mm, that, yeah. that, that is a downfall with the Chirby's game is that he never really communicated to his D partners where to be or where they're going to be. And and I think that for a, for a defense like Lazio, who really struggled last year to keep a straight line, to be composed, to know what they're doing, and the experience of Alessio Romagnoli coming from a Scudetto winner like Milan and, and being a leader on that team for, for many seasons – Will will give the experience to Lazio and the leadership that they really need. Um, that's something that this team was really lacking last year. I know you have Immobile, you got Savage, and they did have Lucas Leva, um, but his leadership will really come into play. So, like we were looking at the way Lazio was making their substitutions. You got a guy like Vecino coming on, and and I know that Inter fans are going to make fun of Vecino, but for Lazio. That that's experience. That's mm-hmm. someone who can be trusted in a midfield as a pair, as compared to having to bring on Daniel John Daniel Akbro Akbro. Like in past seasons, Lazio's never been able to to kind of have a guy like Vecino to come onto the pitch. And, and Vecino, have... he's he's got Saudi ball in his DNA going back to uh, was it Empoli. So he's you know he's he's got experience there. And and we didn't and we didn't use other than Vecino and Romagnoli, we didn't use half of our new players yet. Marcus Antonio couldn't really be featured into this game because of the situation that Lachi was in. Um, Gila didn't play. Casale served a one-game suspension. 
Cancellieri actually made his, his uh, cameo, and he looked really good. He looks like he can take over that right wing position over Felipe Anderson if he plays like he did in that 10 minutes on Sunday. He was fast, confident, creating chances, holding the ball. Um, I, I, I like the idea of going young players with a mix of veterans where you try to transition to the next five, six years, but you're also still keeping yourself competitive. I love it. That's well said. I want to send out a huge shout out to everybody who's been live chatting with us before we sign out on this episode. And I hope everyone enjoyed match day one cartel. Thank you for coming in. Anthony. Thank you so much. Lord Figo. Oh, by the way, Jerry, uh, did you see Andre Radu who made that, uh, that, that incredible save he made for Cremonese, except he was in his own net when he, he brings the ball down, uh, which I, in listen, uh, I don't, I'm not going to miss Radu one bit <laughs> as far as Inter goes. Uh, I did kind of feel bad that that error ruined what was an otherwise really good performance because he was making a lot of saves against Fiorentina, but then he, you know, he catches it right in the back of his own net. That was, that was wild. Um, do I feel bad? I guess, but at the same time, when does a goalkeeper figure out? Like, I think at the. Why, why are you trying to grab that, though? I, it's I would crazy. To, you parry you try, it. Like, what, bang, you know? bang it as far as you can. Yeah. Reminds me of. Uh, reminds me of Strakosha last year when he when he did the blunder and he kind of like knocked the ball in his own net and he was trying to oh. grab it. And like, I guess he wanted to outdo a. Maximiano and try to one up him. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't watch the game. I, 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 I. It's summer. I don't live <laughs> in Florida, so I take all the nice weather in while I can. Fair I'm enough. Not gonna, yeah. I'm not going to spend Sunday and Saturday watching City off for freaking six hours. Yeah, for for me being in Florida, I would rather be inside in summer because it's too hot and humid outside. But for you, you enjoy this time. Yeah, my sister was telling me that it's really, really bad there right now. Oh, it's yeah, it's but, terrible. Um, yeah, and then TOC was on the weekend too, so I had to put that in on Saturday night at the game. So it's actually really cool. It's a funny story. As I was down, actually, I got a good story for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I what I do for press conferences is I put on Lazio gear, and I see how the players will respond to me because I wear Lazio stuff instead of TOC stuff. Okay. So, uh, Mavinga. Asked me after the after his press conference was done, he he actually directed to me. He's like, "Hey, do you speak any Italian?" <laughs> You're like, "See," like, I'm like, um, "No, I said like not really, like a little." He's like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "My Italian's amazing now." He's like, "It's gotten better." And he said something to me in Italian though, but I started laughing. Oh my and god! I, and it's funny because I told the guy in the in the press box, I'm like, "Hey, I go watch tonight. I'm gonna trigger a guy wearing this Lazio jersey." And I did it last time, and it actually worked. And it was funny. I actually saw Lorenzo Insigne in the trip, in the uh, hallway. He probably he actually, gave you an interesting look, like, wait, what? Yeah, he did, but uh, Insigne was nice. He actually said hi to me in the hallway. Nice. Uh, and, and it threw me off. I should have said, ciao, come must die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was uh, – It was. they had, like, their – so the team had, like, their family and friends come – and what they do is they come and visit and they get like a tour onto the onto the pitch. They get these freebies, man. These these mm -hmm. players, I saw like all the players downstairs and like I was like, man, these guys are spoiled, man. Like, holy crap, I said. 
Oh, for but, sure. Um, it's good, it's but good yeah, to, it's good to be. It's good to be a millionaire athlete. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's true. But um, uh, last thing I guess is that Alberto. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll close it with this for Lazio. Alberto and Savage are not getting sold this market. Yeah, I don't think so either. Todd it confirmed on Sunday that Alberto will not be sold in the transfer market. Those are not my words. Those are Todd's words. Mm-hmm. And I think that by now, Savage is not going to be sold. And you know what? I'm okay with Savage not being sold. I know that people are saying, oh, you can make $50 million, You can make $80 million, But I would rather keep the player until the end of his contract. If he leaves, he leaves. But you get two solid years of a player who probably wouldn't be maybe as good as the $40 million that it brings in. So... It's it's hard if unless you're, you're unless you're gonna replace him with something better or equally as good right now. I think maybe you just hold on and and if you lose him, mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't. There's not like you lost a value on him. Like he helped you get to Europa League. You got to right. Champions League. I know you didn't win a Scudetto, but guess what? Six other teams don't win it either, or nineteen other teams. Nineteen. Don't win it. Yeah, no, I was gonna say nineteen, 19 others. Yeah, nineteen others. Well, I say six because there's always a six that always compete in their other. Yeah, the top even, seven. Yeah, I don't even fucking show up, but like, I'll, I'll keep it like that. But yeah, well, uh, that's fantastic. So th- thanks everyone for watching. Make sure you follow both of us on Twitter. You see our handles at Alex Donno at uh, J Mancini eight. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Calchocon Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to our audio channel for the podcast. And we will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao. Roma Merida. Mafangulo Mer. Roma. <laughs> oh, fuck. I didn't end yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you got to shut this one down. You got to no, you 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 I don't. <laughs>